Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, Righteous, ratchet, and real. Real, real. I feel exposed. Okay. Welcome to the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. This podcast is for people who love God, but sometimes side-eye the church. We're three friends balancing the secular and sacred, the righteous and ratchet, as we discuss current topics through a gospel lens. We might say some things we're not supposed to. But you are probably thinking it anyway. You know how we say in the church. Charge to our head and not our heart. We're going to keep it real. Hello, 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 good people. Welcome to episode two of Righteous, Ratchet, and Real. We are so excited to be in your car, on your living room, on your computer, wherever you're listening to this podcast. We're just excited and happy that you've joined us today. We are continuing our uh, conversation on protecting your peace, but we're going to focus today on protecting your peace at work. And so I'm your uh, co-host for today, Dr. Greta, and I'm going to let the ladies uh, give you their name so you can hear their voice and see their face. Keisha? I'm Dr. Takesha. And I'm Dr. Rene. Yay! And so we are continuing our discussion today. So, huh, as you know, protecting your peace is so important uh, for mental health, for even our physical health, because we know that when we carry stress, in our bodies, that is not a good thing. It comes out in heart disease, comes out as cancer. Uh, and so keeping our peace, keeping our stress levels low is so important. And, and it's so much harder to do, um, I think, and this is just my opinion, I think it's so much harder for us to do it as Black women because we have so much on our plates these days. And the pandemic, of course, has not done anything to help with that. So, you know, if we're working from home, if we're doing Zoom meetings, of course, that's all been compounded. Uh, Zoom fatigue is real. Come on, y'all. I know you know what I'm talking about. Uh, even down to uh, an achievement anxiety, being Black and on the job, you know, you feel like you have to work harder than most. And of course, you know, you're working against those stereotypes. So it's, it's so much. And of course, for us, um, your host today, uh, myself and Takesha and Dr. Renee, Dr. Keisha, you, you know, the doctors, all of us are doctors. Let me just say that and get that out of the way. So for us, work is also church. And so not only is it protecting our peace at work, but for us, it's protecting our peace at church, which is work for us. So I just want to give you this statistic. The Mental Health Foundation reports that 51%, more than half, of adults who feel stressed also report feeling depressed. That's a lot of people, y'all, um, to have to be stressed out and depressed. And, and we know mental health is real. Uh, whether we've done a good job at it or not, mental health is very real. And so uh, these are statistics and numbers that we cannot ignore. We can no longer continue to ignore our health issues. Um, 
and, and I could throw a bunch of statistics out there about health, but we know black people rate high in all the categories across the board. So um, this is something we really have to be careful with, something we have to pay attention to. Protecting our peace is real. Mm -hmm. Am I right, sisters? You're right about it. You're right. <laughs> so as you know, uh, here at Righteous Ratchet and Real, we like to look and examine these topics through the lens of being righteous, ratchet, and real. And so theologically speaking, the text that we have today comes to us from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. It's one of my favorite. Y'all know about those sisters, Mary and Martha. Come on, Mary and Martha. So the text says, as they went on their way, he, he being Jesus, entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to get up and help me. Now I ad lib that, but it says, tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Oh, my God. This is such, to me, a theological gem for preaching because there's so much in here. And, and I'm just going to start by asking. And I'm going off script, y'all. I'm just going to start by asking. What, is, what do you think that better part is? You know, Jesus says Mary has chosen the better part. Mm. What is that better part that you believe that Mary chose that Martha was ne negating, neglecting, overlooking? What do you think that was? So I think, you know, the, the mo most obvious thing is creating space to mm. actually listen to God. And, you know, I think oftentimes we can negate what that looks like because we can become so busy doing church work, doing, mm. you know, working, you know, moving and movement. And even when we talk about serving in God's household, whether, you know, it's like us as paid or even just as, you know, the person who's ushering and, and greeting the ministry, because usually that person who shows up for one ministry shows up for a bunch of different yeah. ministries. And so that is work in and of itself. And I think we have to talk about that, even when it comes to our regular J-O-Bs that may be paychecks that are outside of the churches, that we can sometimes become so busy chasing after the coin, chasing mm -hmm. after the promotion that we do mm -hmm. not take enough time to replenish because, you know, this is really our podcast is still Christian based. Right. And mm -hmm. so we believe that our time spent with God is replenishing hearing mm -hmm. from God, even hearing from God, what you need to take off your plate. Mm -hmm. Because in mm -hmm. this moment, I feel like God said, you can take that off your plate right now yeah. and just sit and be with me because this is going to replenish you so that you mm -hmm. won't feel bitter and angry about having to go make the food mm -hmm. and serve people. 
people. And so for me, I think that that's one of the things that this is telling us even in the text is to make sure that we're spending enough time relaxing in God, hearing yeah. from God that we know what we need to be engaging in and what we don't need to be engaging in. Because oftentimes we feel overworked and we feel overwhelmed because we're in places we don't even need to be. And so they're no longer bringing us peace and joy. And that's yeah. where we're really upset and what we're angry about. And we may project that onto other people, you know, acting mm -hmm. like they're the person because, you know, they get to go rest and we got to work. But hey, you know, God's saying, you know, she chose the better thing. You can choose right. it too. You have free range to do that. I love what you said. You can choose it too, right? And, and that's the thing. We can choose to have that rest, you know, but, and, and I would say, you know, that's one thing that we have really not done well is rest. You know, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Well, we ain't doing a lot of remembering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so and, and I know, you know, Sabbath rest is real. Sabbath rest is needed. Um, the word sabbatical exists, right? Uh, Dr. Renee, talk to, talk to us about Sabbath rest and taking sabbatical and, and how important that is. So I'll tell you about that in a second. I just wanted to echo that, you know, we are human beings, not human doings. Mm -hmm. mm, come on. So, so the better part is being, we're principally called to just be. Mm -hmm. That's our purpose in life is to be, mm. right? Before we do anything else, we are to be. So that's the better part, just simply being. And the, the work is going to be there. Mm -hmm. it's, gonna, it's going to be there. It's always going to be there. There's always going yes. to be something that needs to be done. Always, right. always, always. We will never not have a job or mm -hmm. something to do. So the better part is simply, yes, like Takesha said, just, just simply just being there, being present. But I think showing up as yourself mm. all the time is, mm. that's what we're called to do and to, and to, and to be. Mm. So, but with regard to sabbatical, sabbaticals are amazing and I used to think that it was something that only academics did or only churches that were not black because I'd never heard of a black church pastor taking a sabbatical until mine took a sabbatical. So my pastor took a sabbatical in 2017, I believe it was, and I am the executive minister. So he named me the administrative or the acting pastor during his time of sabbatical. And he had about four months off. And so he set the stage uh, mm -hmm. For that, you know, he, he, our church, you know, he prepared our church for it. He, he mm -hmm. let me know, okay, you're going to be reporting to her over, you mm -hmm. know, this period of time and gave me some instruction on how to do things and, you know, all of the finer details of pastoring he gave me. So I was able to lead during that time. But then flash forward in mm -hmm. 2022, well, actually in 21, I had done so much work navigating our church into the pandemic. Mm-hmm because we went from, of course, being in person to virtual. And there was so much work involved. Our church had suffered in a number of losses. I had done so many graveside uh, mm. services, you know, mm. just, I was overwhelmed. Mm. And I talked to my pastor and the board of directors and I said, listen, I just, I just need some time. Okay. My mental health is suffering. Mm -hmm. I, I am not able to be present because I'm not present for myself. Mm -hmm. I need some time off. So we negotiated a sabbatical for me that lasted two months. Now you might not think two months is a long time, 
but baby, <laughs> a whole lot of living done in two months of, of not having to go to work. All um, right. So we planned it out. I, I was able to uh, to give some of my responsibilities over to the other mm. um, staff and to other volunteers and we're able to negotiate it. So I went on sabbatical May 1st mm -hmm. and was back the first week in July. And that thing was life. Mm. It was life. Mm. Yes. And I so appreciate my members. Our members were fabulous because they did not call me. They did not text me. They did not email me. There were lots of opportunities for them to, you know, call me and do and do all those things because things were happening while I was gone. But they said, no, no, we're going to honor the boundary. Amen. And it's just so important that uh, you not only honor your own boundaries when you come when it comes to time off and having sabbatical. Um, but you know, that the people would agree to honor that boundary too. Right. So even before I had sabbatical, I was careful about having Sabbath. And I know all three of us observe a, observe a Sabbath yeah. because we typically have to preach or we have to work <laughs> on Sundays. We yeah. designate another day during the week right. where we can just rest and simply be right. Mm -hmm. Take care of ourselves, take care of our own needs, our own mental health, and, you know, create that bubble around ourselves to, to do what we need um, to, to refresh our spirits. So that is so incredibly important in a world as busy as ours. Uh, we just got to do it. Absolutely. I heard you say a couple of things. The first thing you said was rest. And I might be paraphrasing a little bit, but you said rest allows us to show up as ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, and I take that statement and I think about Martha, how she was in that space. She was probably overworked, of course, mm -hmm. um, feeling alone. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but just not herself to come out and Lord, tell her to get her behind up and come help me. She see me in her struggling. And, and, and we that but we see that a lot in our churches, because one of the other things you named is that and it may have been Keisha, but. The person who shows up as the usher is also part of the choir. She's part of hospitality. Yes. She's part of the Sunday school team. So mm -hmm. you know, we know that we wear and work within a lot of ministries in the church that, and, and just to be honest, I mean, we're overworked. We're overtaxed. We're over, uh, yeah. exhilarate or overwork ourselves, whatever that word is. But yeah, so, but rest allows us to show up as ourself and, mm -hmm. and gives us life. That was the other thing you said, Renee, it, it brought so much life into mm -hmm. you. And so we have to kind of keep that in mind. Um, rest allows us to reju rejuvenate, uh, restore, heal even. And so it's hard to show up and be our best self when we have not rested, mm -hmm. right? And, and even I think about, you know, times uh, I was really tired, you know, as a young mom. And I remember my mom said to me one time, I don't know what she heard or what I said, but she said, Greta, you have to make sure you take time for you. Hmm. And, mm -hmm. and I took that to heart. That's why, like I said, on a Tuesday, you can find me in a movie theater. But um, yeah, we have to take time for ourselves so that we can rest and restore and rejuvenate so that we show up as our best self. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing one of you mentioned was to name the need, name your need for rest, right? 
and, and a lot of times we don't do that. We just continue to say yes. We continue to add to our plate. We continue, we continue, we continue. And then we wonder why our back aches. We wonder why we having headaches all the time. And it's because we are keep, we're not the energizer bunny. Mm-hmm. We cannot keep going and going and going. Right. And so we have to take time to have that rest. Um, Let me jump in there real quick, Greta, because oh, yeah. we, we also model modeling that thing. So doing that models that for other people. Yes. When we take the time to rest when we're intentional about it. It also sets That's other true. people up to say, you know what? I Let me see what that's about. Let me go ahead and think about doing that for myself. We model it to, to the people that we serve. Mm-hmm. We model it to our bosses when we have them. We mm-hmm. model it to, you know, to our families, to yeah. our children. Right. You know, so it's important that we do it, not just for ourselves, but we're, we're, we're creating a great witness to yes. other people, right? Of following the command that Jesus gave that we, that we rest or the example rather that, that Jesus gave us. And even in this passage, mm-hmm. uh, this is telling, you know, that there's, there's always going to be work, mm-hmm. you know, who's the better thing. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Keisha, you want to add anything to that? I do not have anything else I want to, you know, add at this point, but mm-hmm. uh, we're, we can start to talk about the ratchet, y'all. Before we hit that ratchet, because, mm-hmm. you know, I love the ratchet part. But anyway, before we hit <laughs> we that, live for the ratchet, y'all. We live for the ratchet. Yeah, we do. <laughs> that part. But there's, you know, some people have said, well, first of all, let me name this. In Mary resting and not being in the kitchen, so to speak. Uh, or or doing other chores around the house, Mary was basically saying no. She was saying no, and mm-hmm. it's so important that we earn earn that we learn the art of saying no. Yes. Okay. My mm-hmm. husband he calls me the queen of yes, but he also says I know how to say no in a very uh, good way. I put it good way because I, I don't just say no. I ain't doing it, but I. I guess experience has taught me to say no in a way that lets you know it's okay. Everything, life will not fall apart that I'm not doing this or that I won't be there, right? Mm -hmm. But we have to learn how to say no. And especially as women in ministry, because Mm -hmm. the the jobs are many, the responsibilities are many. And so, but we have to learn to say no. Do, Do you all find that you struggle with saying no sometimes? That is my struggle. Okay. (laughs) I feel guilty. Like, Mm -hmm. I just be like, who's going to do it if I don't do it? Like, and so then, you know, I have moments where I'm better than other moments Mm -hmm. of just, you know, like there have been moments in my life where I felt the pressure on me so much that I didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel well enough. I was, you know. I was definitely Martha. I was angry. And I was, you know, like I recognized that I was angry. And I just had to, uh, one of the things that I said to someone who I was mentoring at that point in ministry, I said to her, and it was me speaking to myself, but also to her because she was in the same spot where we were were the ones stepping up and answering questions. Mm -hmm. And so um, I told her, I said, you know, sometimes we just have to let balls drop. Like that is literally what, and and I think that that's what the fear is, that if we let the ball drop, what will happen? And I believe there are moments where God allows balls to drop so Mm -hmm. that someone else steps up because I've had experiences in ministry where people will tell you, they're like, oh, I didn't know you needed help. I am. 
asked for help. What you mean you ain't know I needed help? Like, you know, but you made it look like you were doing it with such ease mm. that they felt mm. like they could sit back and watch. And mm. so sometimes mm. I believe that we'd have to allow balls to drop and mm -hmm. then other people can then, you know, step up. But at Mm -hmm. More importantly, allowing the balls to drop or even just releasing it to be like, this is not the season to have this or do this mm, is about yeah. you recognizing that you are not well and choosing mm -hmm. your wellness over what needs mm -hmm. to be done. So yes. I do struggle with it, but mm -hmm. I do I have enough wisdom now at this point to recognize the signs of me being overworked and mm -hmm. then to say to someone, I can't do this or not put the pressure on myself to make it happen because it needs to be done. So there's mm -hmm. sometimes an email needs to go out, but I just have so much mental pressure from my home life or whatever mm -hmm. that that email may not go out when it needs to go out. And I'm just right. going to say, right. you know, I apologize. Didn't happen. You know, mm -hmm. but I wasn't there, wasn't able to. So, you know, it's a, it's a consistent struggle with me to check in. And I know we talked about that before that checking in with self mm -hmm. to see mm -hmm. where you are enough to be able to be aware when you're getting to the point where you're Martha angry and you really mm. need to be very sitting down. Right. And, and I'll say too, and I think this might be true for all of us. You can tell me if I'm wrong. We do things and this is not brag braggadocious by any way, but I, I think that for the three of us, we try to approach whatever we do with a level of excellence, right? Absolutely. And, and so I think for me, if if there are areas, because it's not that I'm a, a, I know all about saying no, there are some times I struggle, but I've found that the times that I've struggled the most are when my perfectionist tendencies kick in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I, I know Rene is trying to say something and I'm going to just tap in for one second to just, just say to, to that point, yeah. one of the rules that I've learned in doing ministry and work and business and all of those things is um, a, a simple rule that if someone is able to do it 80% mm. as great as you would do it, okay. go ahead and hand it off. Oh, so, how, how do I, I love that? Expecting my hundred percent. Yeah, I, you, you got to repeat that. Repeat yeah. that again. Repeat that again. Say that again. I have that. learned. I have learned in in it that you know I don't have to hold on to everything because of my perfectionism. Wants it to be a hundred percent how I envision it, how I want it to be. That a rule of thumb is if someone else can do it eighty percent as good as I can. Let me go ahead and hand it off to them to do it so that it is off my plate. Mm -hmm. And I now have one less thing that I have to worry about. It may not be the perfect, the perfection that I wanted it to be, mm -hmm. but it's good enough to pass, right? It's good yeah. enough. I'm getting to be on it still. <laughs> you have saved so many lives right. with that one statement, that Dr. Teacher. That's, That's it. Mike <laughs> oh, you saved my life on that one. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That I, good. I learned I learned from a member a while ago. She was a volunteer on one of my teams. And it was a season when we were generating ideas. We were in a couple of different meetings and we were brainstorming. And someone brought a wonderful idea to the table. And now I'm the I'm the person, I'm the leader in the room. 
and they are all bringing ideas to, to, you know, what do you think? What do you think? And so it was an awesome idea, but my, 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 my dear volunteers said, well, hold on. And who will do that? Mm. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, who's going to do that? You know, because she was acknowledging that I had enough on my plate, that there was already, I had a full to do, right? And anything else was going to cause me to be out of balance. So she right. gave me that language and who will do that to push mm. back? That's an awesome idea. Mm-hmm. I love it. And who's going to do it, mm-hmm. right? I'm writing that one down too. Yeah, that was- <laughs> And that has gone with me. Shout out to Pat Butler. Miss Pat, thank you so much for that language, ma'am. Because that has helped me navigate some, some tough stuff. Like I want to do it all. And, and, and I want to do it all, just like we all, just like we have named, that we are all perfectionists in our own way, one way or another. And I want to do it all. I want to serve the needs of my congregation. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, ha- have, have the, the folks have a good time doing it and all of that. Right. I cannot do all of that. Right. I have a life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So then my boundary has to, you know, has to show, I have to show up with mm-hmm. my boundary. Right. So, and who will do that has saved me in, in, in more than a few moments. Right. We are saving lives it. up in the righteous, ratchet, and real podcast. Like saving <laughs> lives. Woo! My master does it this way, Rane. You know, because you know, church members have really wonderful ideas of how church can be better, yes. right? And so even I think, you know, when we work in offices, you know, there are people who have wonderful ideas of what you can do. And so that a model of saying, yeah, well, who can do it? Even when we come to our regular JOBs, not just mm-hmm. church, like mm-hmm. just saying, you know, when we're in a meeting and people have wonderful ways of how we improve things, we have to recognize our own limits and say, but mm-hmm. who in our current staff has the ability to do that. Do we need to bring somebody in? Do we need to, you know, outsource Mm -hmm. this to a different company? And Mm -hmm. so, you know, like when I was in corporate America, there was this one guy, I promise you, he just was lazy. And so the one thing that he would always say is he would say, I'm learning how to work smarter, not harder. And so they would say, you need to find the laziest person in the room to tell you how to get things done because they're going to make it the most way of how to get it done, right? That's good. (laughs) Wow. Okay. My pastor does it this way. When church members come to him and they say, we should do this or whatever, he says, I think that's a wonderful idea. Run with it. So it then mm-hmm. turns the yeah. onus right back on them. Like if you right. believe in this idea, go ahead and run with it. But it also allows them to no longer have the language to blame you Ooh. for not mm-hmm. having it executed mm-hmm. because you have empowered them and then said, you have the idea, go for it. Mm-hmm. I give you full permission and mm-hmm. autonomy to run with the ball. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. oftentimes the ball doesn't get run with. Oh, well. More often than not. Yes, I agree with that statement. But they can't say that they were not heard and mm-hmm. didn't have the opportunity to execute. So, right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is good stuff, ladies. Yes. Yeah. And not only did you save other lives, you saved mine. Yes. 80%. <laughs> Someone who can do 80% is still, oh, thank you, God. 
and then and who will do that yes okay all right i got you so yes um so in terms of this text and mary and martha martha choosing the bear the, the better part in terms of finding that rest um that's a very real thing we have to establish as the ladies have said we have to establish boundaries that allow us to do that and so yes we know that that the jobs are many the responsibilities are many we know that the black church is overworked overtaxed ultimately killed come on people let's be real about that we ain't at the real part but this is a real thing pastors excuse me have worked themselves into an early grave yeah and, and that's a very real thing. We cannot continue to add to our plate and add to our plate and not have some type of consequence for all of, for the plate that we can't carry. That's mm -hmm. too heavy. Um, and so, yeah. Um, Keisha, you want to talk to us about even more ratchetness with this statement or with this uh, topic? Yes. So, you know, although much of our conversation has been framed around being church workers, because mm -hmm. that is our current context, it is not the only context that I have. And so I just was even talking to, to my sister earlier because she's um, looking at a new job. And so I have to give her the rundown of my history of working. And so she was like, wow, you were at your job for 13 years, right? So I got all the lessons, right? That was like my mm -hmm. first job out of college, got all the lessons there. Mm -hmm. And so going back to that whole idea of rest and pushing back against people is that I think we have to remember that corporate structures are looking for maximum output. And that's mm. all they care about. They do not care about you as a person. And I think that that was one of the lessons that I learned in working is that if I die today, if mm -hmm. I lose something today, yeah. they are going to just put my job back on the market. They're mm -hmm. going to find somebody else to come in and replace me. And so it allowed me to create that boundary for myself where I could be able to say, I'm going to choose me. I'm going to choose my family at all times above everything else. Like I am never going to allow a job to box me into a place where I feel like I have to do what they need me to do to get the output they need. And instead I'm harming myself or I'm harming my family. Mm -hmm. And so very specifically in terms of a story, y'all, my former supervisor, bless her heart, was a bit of work you hear me a mm -hmm. bit of work and she was honestly one of the things that made working in that particular environment hard because she could be really nice but she could also be really ooh, you know we all know the word that we oftentimes use when it comes to women in power Mm -hmm. And she literally oftentimes led into that part. I mean, from cussing people out when she wanted to or whatever. But mm -hmm. my boundaries were very clear and very defined with her because I understood who she was and I understood who I was. And mm -hmm. so I had to define those characteristics so that when she was ready to pop, I was ready to pop back with her. I'm mm -hmm. like, and I always had that mindset, y'all. I don't know if it's because the youngness of me or whatever it was, but I always had the mindset, you can fire me if you want to. I'm just going to find another job, but you're not going to, you know what I mean, make me put up with your stuff. And that aspect, you know, uh, came into a meme that I saw recently just, and I uh, sent it to the ladies where the guy was like, when you have 
vacation and they trying to tell you no and he's like on vacation living his best life and you know dancing because it's for me i was always like yo if i have this vacation time you're not going to tell me i'm going to show up to the job mm. no that's not how this is working and so we came into a, a specific incident where we were celebrating my grandmother's probably 90th birthday at that point right Mm -hmm. And so all my family made this big plan to take her on vacation to Florida. And we had this, you know, planned out. I put it on the schedule and another coworker who was also a manager at that point. Um, both of us were going to be out. And mm -hmm. so we went mm -hmm. to the meeting and, you know, they're looking at the calendar and they see we're both going to be out. And so my supervisor goes, well, somebody's going to have to stay behind because two of you can't be out at the same time and i looked at her and i was like you know my other co-workers she was my homegirl but she was definitely more quiet than i was and i was like i looked at her and i was like well i don't really know what you guys are going to do but i'm taking this time off there you and go me, me. <laughs> Right. I was like, I'm not really sure what you're going to do, but I have the time. I put it in and I don't right. know how to mix up, but at the end of the day, I'm taking this. Right. And so you can see her seething. Like she was mad, man, like big mad. And I was like, I really don't care, ma'am. Like I'm literally in my professional, you know, hands on the desk looking like, okay. And it just bothered her so much. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's part of what we need to just remember is that you have to know who you are. Like, that's part of protecting your peace at work is to know who you are, know your principles and your values, know what's important to you, mm -hmm. and do not allow corporate America to push back against who you are mm -hmm. and your values. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, y'all, you know, the other folk may not value family in the way that we value family. Mm -hmm. I'll be darned if my granny don't make it to 91 and I miss her 90th birthday. Mm -hmm. so I'm mm -hmm. messing around with you. Nope. Mm -mm. That's good. And, and I'll say, you said something about corporations. Their whole goal is maximum output. Mm -hmm. And I have two things for that. All right. So, and we can talk about it. So on the one hand, yes, I, I see this a lot with black men um, who are in corporate America, this whole achievement anxiety um, mm. because they're fighting and working against so many stereotypes uh, about black men. And, mm -hmm. and usually in some, really the higher up, of course they go, the fewer of them there are. And so, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And, and how, and, and even black women too, it's not just black men, but I, I see it a lot with black men, this anxiety of having to perform um, because they're trying to keep that job. They're trying to continue to put food on the table. Um, and so any, any thoughts around that? So I think that it's it's real. I, I don't know that I would distinguish it uh, uh, as, as particularly a male versus mm -hmm. female uh, thing because we are all scratching and surviving good good times right we are all <laughs> trying to make it work we're trying to make it do what it yeah. does so, <laughs> so I think that that phenomenon is is very much a part of our illness right mm. we don't pay attention to our wellness we'll be forced to deal with our illness mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so I think that um, we need to pay more attention to um, what Takesha has already named. Mm -hmm. And that is being very clear 
um, mm. that this corporate lifestyle, this this corporate stuff is a means to an end. Mm-hmm. That our life is about living it. Our, that job is going, it's going to be there. It's going to go on. There's There will always be work, mm-hmm. <laughs> you okay. know? So I think understanding that at its root and the fact that we are called to more than just work and bills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that that is helping me with that, though, is all of these little TikTok videos with these young people who are getting their very first job. Yeah, they're getting their pay. They're realizing they're you know they're looking at the number of hours that they've worked, and then they're looking at SSI, and then mm-hmm. your federal tax and your state tax that are being taken out. You know the benefits, right. all this money being taken out, and the balance of your life is being reduced to a figure. Mm-hmm. You know, to being mm-hmm. a dollar amount. Mm-hmm. And and that's not what we're truly called to. Our life is not supposed to be about dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are to make, I, I think it's healthy to make a good where you have to spend your day working. We all got to work and do something. But ensuring that you have the right employment situation in the first place, that's one. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and then secondly, understanding that that job is not the, the only uh, uh, facet of your life that needs attention. Mm-hmm. And again, it's all back to boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it you want for your life? Knowing yourself, knowing what you want out of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. allow that to be the driver versus mm-hmm. trying to make this rent, trying to make these gross, you know, trying to make all of these things mm-hmm. and, and, and figuring out from there. Okay. Also the idea that we're never going to change anybody's trope. Like we are not, (laughs) I mean, that trope began while we were working in the fields Mm -hmm. picking cotton that they didn't want to pick that they weren't paying us to do. Mm -hmm. Like, so it doesn't matter how much I show up and try to outperform Brad Mm -hmm. and Kelly at the end of the day, if that is what you think about me, Mm -hmm. I can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can do is secure a place where somebody doesn't look at me in comparison with that trope. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm trying to outperform your trope, I'm never going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to always find myself in a place of hurting myself so yeah. that you can get what you need. Yeah. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a word. We will never outperform their trope. Hmm. Yeah, I think that really, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, that's that's even for women in ministry, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we can preach the house Mm -hmm. down, we can add to the church. And Mm -hmm. if they believe that a man belongs in the church and in the pulpit, you know, in the AME context, for example, what they will do is they will move you out of the church that you grew and put a man in there (laughs) because they perform your trope. Mm. you ain't lying that is so true because i was going to circle back around to that the whole idea that you mentioned about maximum output and how that especially in denominations that are hierarchical so to speak i ain't gonna call not i ain't gonna call none out but you know how does that affect you know your placement your appointment Mm. um because i see that a lot in the church i'm looking for maximum output how many ascensions, how many conversions, how many, ba- you, you you know the rundown. Um, mm-hmm. right. so, that's the AME life, y'all. That's that AME life. We, we, we got a report. We got a report right. to the bishop. So it's, it's like, you know, 
we I see that corporateness mm -hmm. uh, of of what is your output? What have you done? And you know, it's not all, we're not numbers, like you said, uh, Dr. Renee. It's not all about we're not our numbers. Mm -hmm. We're not our salary. We're we're not these things, but we are so much more than that. So yeah, yeah, that's real ratchet. That's real ratchet to use the terminology. So um, want to transition a little bit. I want to talk about the realness of this because, you know, yes, we, we're working, we have our salaries, you know, hopefully taxpaying folk, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, when you look at our checks, so to speak, uh, you know, especially in ministry, we ain't making a whole lot in ministry. Most of us are not the mega pastors. We don't, we don't have that check. We don't have that. I can't even put a phantom on my check. We are not. Right. So we're not making a lot. So, you know, I'm hearing this phrase a lot now, multiple streams of income. What are we doing to add to our salary base or our income so that we can pay the rent and we can yes. get the groceries. I mean, inflation is real. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so it, it, uh, do you think that trying to add multiple streams of income are hurting us? Thinking back to that Mary Martha text, is it hurting us or is it helping us? What are your mm -hmm. thoughts on that? Hmm. Well, I know that among us, there's this, this push for building and creating generational world, wealth, mm -hmm. right? You hear that a lot too, yeah. along yeah. with the multiple streams of income. And there's a certain part of that, that as pastors, as preachers and pastors, that absolutely makes sense mm -hmm. for that to be something that we are teaching or preaching and living, mm -hmm. right? At the same time though, scripturally, you know, we are called to um, um, not worry about uh, the, the the fields, the, the flowers in the field, don't worry about what tomorrow's mm -hmm. Right? That is what we're called to do and not be as worried about, you know. And then additionally, not storing up our treasures, you know, here. So there's this balance, there's this fine balance because I want my babies to be taken care of. I want my children to have the best, you know, of everything that I can give and after I'm gone for there to be a legacy, mm -hmm. you know, of financial stability for them right. to get into, right? So they don't have to work as hard as me and, and my husband did. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, and, and we want every generation to be that much better. So there's this fine line that we have to, I think that we have to walk um, in terms of, yes, balancing the fact that our main, you know, calling is to be. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we are to hustle, uh, so, so our kids can flow a little bit, you know, when it, when they don't have to scratch as hard as we did. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't really have the answer to that, but I, I acknowledge and name for myself that I've had to, to, to try to find the balance in there. I've got multiple streams and I'm trying to look at a couple more that I'm trying to build. Um, but I also recognize that in doing so. I have to maintain, you know, my own peace. Mm -hmm. I have to take care of myself um, and 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 live mm -hmm. my life as best I can because my kids are watching me. My my congregation's watching me still. Right. right. Absolutely. Keisha. So um one thing that I, I do, and this is um this is 
no way am I trying to come for my sis, but this is literally something I had to do because for me, I walked out of corporate mm -hmm. and my walking out of corporate and into just the culture of what it means to try to build your own things. Hustle mm -hmm. became such a word that was like, you know, people wear it on their t-shirts, you know, okay. everybody is using mm -hmm. it. And that was one thing that I had to do. I let go of that language for myself. Mm. Like I definitely prefer multiple streams of income because hustle just says mm. it's in and of itself such a weighty word. And I felt like yeah. walking with that just, you know, made me more anxious. It made mm -hmm. me feel like, you know, if I'm not on the computer 24 seven and I'm not, you know, like pursuing mm -hmm. income 24 seven, that somehow I was being lazy. And so yeah. I had to let go yeah. personally of that word and the heaviness of what it meant to hustle. Mm -hmm. Now, I feel like, you know, in terms of pursuing multiple streams of income, one of the things that I think we need to consider is the fact that, one, how do we create income that can automate itself? So, yes. like, for example, you know, with Dr. Rane, the fact that she records, she may record and it may take a month. You know, us doing this podcast, it may take several weeks of preparation, re-record, but building your other aspects of work or coinage, you know, uh -huh. that it does not necessarily last throughout the whole year, that you can automate it as much as possible, you know, investing right. in stocks, like those are things that will work for you. Yes, you have to do the research on the front end. Yes, you may have to go back and review your portfolio. But ensuring when we're talking about adding streams, that we're adding things that do not you know, require us to be up 24 seven. Right. Like, it's not like you adding on to your eight hour work day. And then now you got another, you know, somehow 20 hours to fit in the 24 hours. Like, come on now, mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. And that's going right. to tax us. So being smart about where we invest our time to add income and having those things be things that are automated that we can yeah. do. And it may take a maximum output at one point, but at the rest of it, it's just kind of working for itself. So mm -hmm. That's one aspect that I think that we we have to hold there, you know, in doing this process. And then also making those things about things that are passion projects, right? Mm -hmm. And that we are passionate about the things that we're doing. And this is the other thing, y'all, is that everything does not even have to be about coins. Like sometimes mm -hmm. it's just about joy. Like create your crafts just for joy. Like right. just to right. restore yourself, you know, mm -hmm. and bring peace. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to always be about creating for work or to sell, but that we are doing those things that are um, bringing us back to restoration. Yeah. And part of that restoration process even is if we think about the fact that we've added three other streams of income and that has taken away from our time that we are creating within our schedule hard stops like that for me because I know that I'm a worker and so it's easier for me to be overworked than overrested y'all that's just not not in my natural you know inclination and mm -hmm. so for me it's silly to other people but because I know myself well enough to know I put in my schedule rest week you know, and so I, yeah. I list out all the things I'll do to rest in my calendar because I'm a calendar person. Mm -hmm. But if I don't have those hard stops in there, then I can do other things. People can call me, work can call me, whatever they can do. But when I have those hard stops created within my schedule for myself, it allows me to ensure that I'm looking at my calendar and I'm finding my own balance, my own rest. So that's, I think, one of the ways that we can naturally, you know, 
counter set or uh uh, counter the idea that we need to, you know, add income, we need to do other things. Yes, we need to do it, but that's a, an, a practical way on how we ensure that we're finding the balance that we need. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This is awesome, ladies. A um, lot of takeaways. And, and before we end, I just want to name a couple of them. Um, so, of course, from Mary, we learned the necessity of saying no. We have to be okay with that and setting our boundaries. Um, I'm hearing we have to schedule rest and commit to it, whether that's a, a, a two month sabbatical or whether that's a week built into our monthly schedule, we have to schedule rest and commit to it. And then in terms of the, the not hustle, uh, because it, that is a weighty word, but in creating those multiple streams of income, my cousin likes to say, who is a, I was going to call her hustler, Lord, but she has a lot of streams of income. But she says work today. She's working hard today so that she can play. And I'm going to add and rest tomorrow. So she doesn't schedule a lot of rest, but still the, the, the concept, the idea is there. There are some things we have to do today so that tomorrow we can enjoy it. That's right. and, and if we're broke down, beat down, sick, ill, whatever the case may be, that's going to hinder us from enjoying our tomorrow. So we pray that something was said during this podcast that blessed you. Uh, you know, I know I was blessed with the 80 and, and then who will do that? So <laughs> but hopefully you all, you know, our listeners were blessed. We hope you've enjoyed episode two of the Righteous Ratchet and Real podcast. And so uh, tune in, make sure you uh, uh, subscribe to our podcast. Make sure you check us out on social media and we will see you next episode.